Today's scripture reading is from the book of Genesis, the first chapter, and the 26th and 27th verse. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. This is the word of the Lord. We are continuing our systematic study of the first three chapters of Genesis. Last week, we took a uh, broad look at the first 25 verses of the first chapter of Genesis, where we saw God intentionally, carefully, purposely spoke things into existence. And we saw the, the, the repetition uh, where God said, you know, let there be light, you know, let there be a vault, uh, let the water uh, under the sky be gathered in one place, let's have dry ground. It's just the, the repetition that was there, God caused intentionally, purposefully, uh, just, it, it wasn't a random thing. It was a purposeful thing. This is how I want creation to unfold. One, two, three, four. And again, as I caution, I continue to caution us all. Don't, 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 (laughs) I say don't focus on a tree. Sometimes we can be so uh, enthralled with the bark on one tree or the moss on the north side of one tree. And we're just focusing on that. And it's like, step back. Look at the whole force. That's why we intentionally went through the, 20, just the 25 verses to see the arc of what God is presenting in his creation. And each time he views and assesses his creation, he concludes that it was good. Uh, what, was, what God created was good. It was perfect. It was good. It was perfect in its, in its, in its function as well as its quality. It was good. And as we've shared uh, both at Bible study and even on last week, uh, it was, it's, it's a goodness that's described by an assessor as, as someone who would, who would value a diamond. See, you can get me to look at a diamond, and truthfully, I can't tell the difference between cut glass and a real diamond. But if you get someone who's been a gemologist, who's been trained in that, they, they, they get that little whatever that thing is, they poke on their eye, and they look through it, and it's like, oh, that's, that's A plus there. Oh, no, that has a flaw. That, that's, that's, that's not quite as good. See, see so, so what God has done, he was the only one. There is no, nobody, no, I mean, again, it's, 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 it's we really, it's, it's tough to wrap our minds around that. He's the only one that could say it was good. Why is it good? Because I said it's good. And there's no other. There's the, no one else can, can, can say uh, it was good. See, because he determined it was good, it was good. And so we concluded that creation reflects its creator. What does that mean? It means the magnificent and the majesty of God is wrapped up in a proper and a whole view of his creative acts. See, we can, we can begin to appreciate and understand uh, the complexity of God as we see his creation, how it's been laid out, and we get to enjoy. 
So having created everything that we now see and don't see as well as what we know and what we don't know, we enter into a detailed uh, description of the sixth day of creation starting at the 26th verse. We won't be before you long. We only have two verses. Uh, but as you know me, uh, that, that's... When I say that, so it won't be too long, that's, that's just a setup to, to let you know that we're only looking at two verses, but there's a lot in those two verses. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground in our image, in our likeness. See, there's been a lot of discussion, a lot of water under the bridge uh, on this. Let us make mankind in our image. You'll note that this is the first command that God uses the plural pronouns of us and our. Up until this time, he doesn't say that. God just speaks stuff into existence. Now he said, now we're going to use us and our. And this is the first time he speaks of himself. So you'll remember, you, good, you, you took notes. Uh, the word for God that's being used uh, here is Elohim. It's, it's, it's a word that's plural in its form, but its usage is singular. It's, it's plural in its etymology in, its, in, in, in what the word is, but it's singular in its use. In its use. See, elsewhere, see, then this, this is interesting that God uses this, this uh, us and our, these, these pronouns, because he only speaks, he, this is a spare use of this. Only in Genesis 3, verse 22, and 11 and 7, in Isaiah 6 and 8, where God talks about us, you know, in Isaiah. Who will go for us? Who's he talking to? Uh, there's a lot of wide-ranging theological opinion. You know, God is talking about himself and the heavenly hosts of angels. Uh, maybe this is a, 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 a peek behind the, the curtain of the, the soon-to-be-revealed triunity that is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Maybe God is just simply employing the plurality of uh, self-speech. Like when we, when we talk, we talk, we ask ourselves, what are we going to do next? I know you guys have never done that. You know, you just never talk to yourself. It's like, you know, which room will we clean up next? See? Now, now just kind of set that aside. If that's not enough to ponder, what is meant by image? and likeness. Who is us, and what's their image? Thankfully, we have uh, just a little bit of insight from the fifth chapter of this same book of Genesis, where it reads, when God created mankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female, and blessed them, and he named them mankind when they were created. 
When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. This is an obvious echo going back to the, to the first chapter, the 26th verse. What happened on that sixth day? And now, about 130 years later, what is happening with humanity as Adam and Eve begin their procreative uh, uh, in response to God's command to be procreative, and they have a son, and they named him Seth. God, plural. He, singular, created mankind. He, singular, made them in the likeness of God, plural. And Adam had Seth in his image. Okay, so what can we take away from all of this? What we can take away, and that's why I, I caution us all, deal with the text. Deal with the text. Don't deal with your opinion. Don't deal with uh, what, what, is, what is contemporary. Deal with the, the text. What we can take away is that there are certain traits and attributes that Adam passed on to Seth, just like, uh, as they say, fruit, if you're the fruit of your parents, you didn't roll far from the tree. You know, there's a lot of your mama and daddy in you, whether you like it or not. Oh, boy, you know, and, and I've, 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 I've heard that from my own kids. Oh, man, I, I just see my dad in me. Ah, it's like, is that so bad? I mean, it's, seriously, is that, I mean, <laughs> I didn't know it was so bad. Uh, there are certain attributes that are passed on, certain traits. However, if we look carefully at the 26th verse of the first chapter, we see that it doesn't describe the what of the image, but it describes the why of the image. Let's, let's, let's take a peek at that again. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. We'll, we'll, we'll focus on that bark and we'll miss the force if we're not careful. He's not describing the what, he's describing the why. So that they may rule over earthly creation. Verse 26 is clear that one of the primary reasons for being created in the image of God is stewardship. Stewardship. A fancy word that simply means the ethical, responsible management of something. In this case, over the earthly things God created. I like how the message version uh, reads. Some of you uh, read from that. I like this one. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature so that they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. So we can conclude that, one, being made in God's image is a very big deal. We know that. It's a very big deal. And two, it's a continuation of God's creative plan. Okay, let me give you an example. Now you guys are looking at me a little strange. I'm a creation of Reuben and Henrietta Meeks. You never met them. 
but as uh, from our earthly perspective, they created me. They, in their infinite wisdom, purchased 11 acres north of Rio Linda in a little town called Alberta. Uh, they built a home. They purchased livestock. And they gave me, literally, gave me the responsibility to manage and to tend it. It wasn't fun. The consequence of that was I was motivated to please my father. One out of self-preservation. See, if I, didn't, if I didn't do a good job, you may not know me. Uh, but after a while, it was, no, I really want to please my parents. And my father in particular. Um, what else did it do? It developed responsibility in me. It caused me to, to, it forced me, didn't cause, it forced me to get up at five in the morning, every morning, every morning, to get dressed, to go out, to feed the cattle, to collect the eggs, to water the, the animals, to make the milk for the, for the wiener cattle, uh, to do all of that, to come back in, to get dressed, to get changed, to, to shower up, to get dressed, to get changed, have a little breakfast, and if it was a school day, head off to school, study, come back home, do the same thing again, feed the animals, take care of the house, get changed, get something to eat, do my homework, go to bed, and do it again the next morning. I know, that sounds really exciting, doesn't it? It's scintillating, you can't wait. Uh, see, it reinforced the understanding that I'm a part of a collective, something much bigger than just me. What's your point? Well, one of my points as I'm marching through these points is that a lot of our kids don't understand, you know, the ki kids, grown kids. Uh, I'm just here for me. I'm not part of anything. I'm, I'm, I'm part of here to, to, to squeeze as much juice out of the orange that I can get and, and drink it down. I'm not a part of something bigger. It's just me. It's me. You, you want a glass of juice? Well, you need to grow your own tree. You need to get your own oranges. You need to squeeze your own juice. But this reinforced the understanding that I'm a part of a, a family, a collective. It also gave me an awareness of the relationship between the animals that were given to me to care for and my care. As I joked about last time, uh, not too long ago, maybe not last time, uh, you know, you didn't, you didn't name the cows, uh, you didn't get too attached to them because they were going to be on the dinner plate later. You know, they were, so it's, you know, it's just, don't, don't, don't grow fond of them. You care for them, but they're going to sacrifice their life for your life. It also taught me not to take anything for granted. Don't take anything for granted. It's the same with us and the same with God's creation, writ large on a, on a broad plane. What are you saying? We are stewards of God's creation. What does that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's look at Psalm 8. Psalm 8 reads, You have been made a little lower than the angels. You. 
You have been made a little lower than the angels, and you've been crowned with glory and honor. God, you made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. We were created in his image so that we are able to be good stewards, good caretakers, good managers over God's creation. I hear you, I hear you. But what does that image look like, either spiritually or physically? Well, to turn a phrase from uh, the movie Forrest Gump, image is as image does. Image is as image does. The writer's focus is not on what the image is in terms of how it looks, but instead on its purpose and how we are to harmoniously care for and nurture God's creation. We evidence the image of God as we care for his creation. The New Testament letter of Galatians lets us know that the the evidence of the fruit of God's spirit you want to know, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let me read that again. You want to know the evidence, the fruit of God's spirit. Image is as image does. Image is as image does. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's what the image of God is lived out. I know, I'm, I'm all right, I really am closing. Verse 27, and you probably know people, it's like you're not patient, not joyful, you're, 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 you know, it's just like, well, that ought to cause you to think about them or yourself. It's like, am I living out the, the image that I was created in? Verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. See, because he needed caretakers for his creation, he created mankind to carry on the job on earth in the image of God he created them male and female he created them so here the writer introduces a second consequence of our creation relationship stewardship relationship stewardship relationship. We'll present this more fully. We'll unpack this as, as the writer of Genesis uh, goes into greater detail when it's, it's almost seems like a retelling of, of uh, the creation of man. We'll deal with all of the things that you might have thought this verse was dealing with. We'll deal with those things in the coming weeks. But suffice it to say that God who is community, who is diversity, and who is relational in his essence, God who is community, God who is diversity and God who is relational in his essence creates a diverse relational community, male and female. That's what God does. I'm going to put in place something that looks like my creation because it can really relate to my creation. See, God could have easily created humans that are identical, two men or two women, and and somehow they're able to reproduce. I don't know. God can do anything he wants to do. I don't know. But he created stewards in the image that are alike, but you all know very much 
men and women are different. Men and women are different. We're alike, but we're different. I'm not talking about the plumbing. That's the obvious thing. Men and women are different. You know, you, I'm, not, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. So and when we start talking about things and we, we, just, we just mess things up and we talk about a helpmate. Oh, well, you know, uh, my helpmate is supposed to help me do what I'm supposed to do. No, no, no. A helpmate is supposed to do all of those things you're incapable of doing. Oh, well, well, help me take out the trash. No, you take out the trash. I got something else to do that you can't do. See, and that's where we mess up. Well, help me carry out my agenda. No, no, see, that's, that's called sin. That, that, that's called sin. We'll, see, we, we'll dive deep into that. That's, that's, that's just to, uh, uh, to whet your appetite and uh, get you excited about the rest of Genesis. Um, we're alike, but we're very different. And without me going too far out on a limb, uh, the logical extension of this is that as we are created and act out in his image, we are to live and to work or act out in a diverse way. We don't, see, see, see sin, the sin in us causes us to hang around people that look like us, talk like us, think like us. That's the sin in us. Oh, well, you know, birds of a feather. Yeah, well, whatever. You know, it's just like, whatever. You know, just, no, no, no. We are called in a, by a diverse, relational, intentional God. He creates diversity. And he's like, go out and manage my creation, buddy. Everybody can't do the same thing. Everybody isn't equipped to do the same thing. Sister Jones is thankful I don't try and be in the praise team. She, she says, she says, now you, you don't watch yourself. <laughs> A little too happy about that now. <laughs> Rather than say, well, why can't I do that? There's a diversity of things that need to be accomplished in God's creation. Image is as image does. Image is as image does does. You don't need me to repeat Galatians again. Or let me put it another way. As we concluded last week, creation reflects its creator. Again, it's easy to isolate ourselves among those that look and think like we do and like the things we like. See, God called us to love him with all our soul, with all our might, with all our mind, and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. That's what he has called us to do. Image is as image does. So that ought to cause each and every one of us to really think about how much, if at all, do I go out of my comfort zone to do the things God has asked his body to do? See, the church, and sometimes rightly so, has gotten a black eye, because it seems like the only thing that we're concerned about is what's inside the four walls. 
And he's like, I, I created you to be caretakers over my creation. Over my entire creation. And it's one thing about leadership. It loves a void. It loves a void. You know, power loves a vacuum. If the church doesn't step into its rightful role, something else and someone else will. And then the church, when it decides to speak up, sounds shill and irrelevant. Who is that shill, irrelevant voice over there squealing about stuff, and we've got major world issues that aren't being tended to? We become stingy in our focus. We become mean-spirited. Image is, as image does. Let's pray.